0: All right, let's set the scene. It's June of 2020, and the world, literally the entire planet, was experiencing upheaval and change. In the United States, the streets filled with protesters saying enough after the murder of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, etc., etc., etc. Conversations were happening online, on Zoom, at home, within pandemic pods, all around race. On the pages of A Sweat Life, Kensley Diggs penned a piece that called on readers to use friendship to see the perspective of others from different walks of life. She said, it's important to diversify your friend group because it's important to develop a familiarization and understanding of other people's backgrounds. Since we've seen that piece get more traffic than any other piece on a sweat, I'm serious, which means that people around the world have read the piece that starts with a big Question. Kensley writes, a Reuters poll completed in 2013 and cited by NBC states that about 40% of white Americans and about 25% of non white Americans are surrounded exclusively by friends of their own race. The United States still remains very segregated today, and racial prejudice is at the heart of this issue. But how? Do we break past these barriers to form genuine friendships? Big question. Joining me today is Kelly Makovich, who leads our community, and Kensley Diggs, and the Sweat Life Ambassador and leader in our community, and the author of the article on us, sweatlife.com, that inspired this week's episode, Why It's So Important to Diversify Your Friend Group. <sighs> Kensley, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Kelly, as always, a pleasure to have you next to me on the podcast.
1: Yeah. I love being here too. And Kensley, I haven't seen your face in a while, so
2: it's so good to see you. It's good to see you too. I miss you. Hey.
0: Kelly calling in (laughs) from Colorado. Um, So Kelly, Kensley, as you may or may not know, we always start our day, Kelly and I, with one good thing. And we start the podcast with one good thing. So Kelly, Kensley, actually, let's start with Kensley as our guest. What's, What's good? What's one good thing?
2: So I started my day with a boxing workout at Rumble Boxing mm-hmm. in Gold Coast, and it was very good. It's my fourth class, and I'm doing the Blueprint Challenge, so it's 12 classes total. Um, but, you know, this is the point when you start to feel, like, comfortable and familiar and you know what you're doing, and it's not awkward like your first class. So it was really good. High energy.
0: Amazing. Okay, Rumble is good. Kelly, what's Good. Um,
1: I'm going to go with a home-cooked meal. I cooked a meal last night, and that's rare. I am not the cook in our family. So when I can cook a meal that tastes good and it was easy, I like get very excited about it. So I made this kale mushroom – what else is in it? Kale mushroom, something else. Like pot pie. And it was delicious. Um, There's this uh, author – named Julia Truchin, and she, I found her through another podcast, and I bought her cookbook, and I was like, I'm going to pull this out. So home-cooked meal is my what's good. Yum. (laughs) Super yum.
0: It is a very high likelihood today, by the way, that we are all going to hear some dogs barking, because my good thing is puppy. Um, So Mm. for those of you viewing this, meet birdie for those of you listening you might just hear her she makes like tiny alien noises and she has a big brother Mm -hmm. maverick who you may have heard on the podcast in the past um maverick is making his presence known because it's an adjustment for a big brother dog to have a little sister uh german shepherd chihuahua mix which is what they told us at anti Cruelty. but honestly anything could be true so birdie is good (laughs) uh and if you follow me on Instagram, by the way, all I am posting right now is dog content, um, which I'm enjoying. I don't know if my, my, my followers are enjoying
1: it. Uh, I don't, I think everyone loves a puppy. So, I mean, I think that's universal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves a puppy. All right. Hard right turn. Are we all ready? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, for the listeners at home, this is Gina speaking. You'll hear Kelly's voice too, and Kensley's voice. So I'm a white woman, um, living in a, a white body. Kelly is also a white woman living in a white body. Kensley is a black woman who penned this article. So our perspectives are gonna be different. We're gonna be leaning a lot on Kensley's perspectives, um, and asking Kensley a lot of questions. Kensley Kelly and I are going to um, do a lot of listening and we're not going to finish sentences that don't belong to us. Does that sound okay to all of us?
2: Yes, that works for me.
0: <laughs> okay, good. So, Kensley, <laughs> let's go back to what led you to write this piece on a Sweat life. I think it was a really different perspective than a lot of the content we were seeing um, coming from that place of friendship first.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, like you mentioned, Gina, it was a tumultuous time in 2020. Um, and so it started to make me reflect on how everyone could be experiencing these situations, these incidents differently and how everyone had different opinions and kind of had their own perspectives. But, but why was that and what could help to unify that and provide some understanding for everyone? Um, so then I thought about my own experiences, my friend groups, the people who are close to me and kind of what they were saying and how they were feeling about everything. And that's when it, it hit me that people who have these outside perspectives, people who have these friends I can call on, reach out to, gain understanding from, those were the ones who were seeing these situations in um, a more unified light. And that's what led me to write the article. Like, how can we all have diverse friend groups? How can we all have groups of people who are close to us, when different injustices are happening, that we feel comfortable to reach out to them and say, hey, how is this making you feel? Or is there any insight on the situation that you can provide me to help me better understand what's going on um, from your perspective? Yeah, I, I
0: think that is, it It honestly, rereading it today before we got on the line, it it still feels super relevant. It still feels really important. Um, but question, what would you update today if you were to rewrite the piece?
2: Yeah, so um, I actually never go back and read my pieces after they're mm-hmm. published because it's just cringy because then you see the things that you are like, wow, why did I go there? Or what you know possessed me to write that? Um, but like you said, when I was rereading, Um, This piece in advance of of us meeting today, um, I just think that I would add more about the segregation piece um, Mm -hmm. to the article because that that's heavy. Like that is really, you know, a deterrent or kind of an obstacle that you have to go through and a challenge you have to face if you're trying to build a diverse friend group. You know, you might not have people of different backgrounds and ethnicities and cultures readily available to you readily you know within your your network or in your circle or in your neighborhood um, and I didn't lean in enough to that the first time I wrote the piece hope you're on mute Gina
0: Of course I'm on Mm. mute. It's 2023, (laughs) and we still haven't figured out how to unmute ourselves. Um, Why not? Puppies, mute, everything is lining up for us to have a great podcast. Also, Mercury is still in retrograde. At the time of this podcast, it will be out of retrograde, so obviously everything will be great at that point. Kensley, what I wanted to yes and um, was Mm. that I think an interesting thing we could lean into in the future is potentially – making friends from diverse backgrounds online? Um, Because to your point, segregation exists. We're not going to solve that overnight. Um, So how can you make friends today that might not live where you live?
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that, you know, kind of stepping away from the conversation, but still very relatable. Um, My project, Diversity and Wellness, where I got together a group of women from different backgrounds, different cultural ethnicities and had them share their stories of their wellness journeys and documented that with interviews and photos. Um, me initially reaching out to those women was primarily online. Those were people who I wouldn't have considered them friends at the time, um, more associates or colleagues, but after having the experience with them and having them open up to me, then definitely now considering those friends. Um So like you were saying, definitely reaching out online is a viable way to kind of source out people of different backgrounds when they're not right there in your space.
0: Yeah. And and I think what we'll link to diversity and wellness and some of those photos in the show notes, because I think what I really loved about that project too, was just seeing sort of the creativity come out um, from all of those folks from different backgrounds and just hearing their own perspectives and wellness, because wellness is a space that we, everyone on this podcast right now has been passionate about seeing more diversity, uh, inclusion, equity um, within that space. All right. Let's talk about allyship. Uh, I think one of the most important things, at least what I took away from your article, um, in having friends from diverse backgrounds is Understanding their perspectives. Um, so let's talk about the conversations we can have with our friends to be an ally. It doesn't allyship doesn't mean saying I'm an ally. Period. Like you, it's it's a verb, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: And I think you know the the older that I get, the more I develop my friendships, the more insight I have on what kind of sticks and what helps people to really lean in and understand different experiences. Um, So the two kind of examples that come to mind when I'm thinking about allyship is just exposure and understanding. So um, a couple years ago, I went to the Lorraine Motel, which this is fitting because as we're recording this, it's the day after King Day. Um, But I went to the Lorraine Motel with one of my friends. Um, She was white. And I remember us being there and just walking through and seeing, you know, the museum. And I was getting really emotional. And then, of course, she was asking, kind of like, "Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me, you know, how you're experiencing this situation." Um, and and it really just opened up a conversation and a dialogue for us to think and reflect of a time where, wow, we literally would not have been friends. And here we are walking through this space. We're, you know, seeing the differences and. In our culture and our history, and having that open dialogue, so situations and and experiences like that really can bring people together. Um, and of course, that's you know something you're doing with a closer friend once you get to that point. Um, and then the second example that comes to mind when I think about allyship is having more challenging conversations. So um, a couple months ago, I had a conversation with one of my best friends, um, and she is white. And she was saying um, that how she would handle a specific situation would be to get the police involved or reach out to some of these institutionalized resources. And so I had to provide my experience on that or reasons why that didn't feel like a viable solution for me based off of things I know and things that I've experienced. So I think it's important to know that not all perspectives are going to be the same because not all experiences are the same. But That doesn't mean that the friendship can't thrive um, or, or isn't there. Yeah. I
0: I think it's interesting when we think about like disagreeing with someone too, because that is also like a really good place to start a new conversation. So I, I always try to get to like, why do you think that way? The why, if you can ask the why, um, it can be a really interesting way in to, to have a conversation with someone with a different perspective or who who just squarely like does not agree with you in general. So I think one of the things that I hate, I hate the strong word. One of the things that I dislike about social media culture now is the fact that folks are sort of treating each other as if like, if we disagree, we hate each other. If, we don't see eye to eye on this particular issue. Like I block you, unfollow you, like let's shout into a void at each other.
2: Yeah. The cancel culture is dangerous.
0: I agree. I think, I mean, from my perspective, where I sit, um, there are some instances, there are some times when it's important to say like enough. Um, But most of the time it's important to learn. Cause I think about, I've, I've messed up like recently, um, when it comes to like saying the wrong thing or race or gender or any of it. And if I had been canceled, I never would have learned from that thing. Um, so I I think thinking about like how we can say, Hey, why, why did you say that? And here's why it offended me.
2: Yeah. I think that's really important because, you know, a lot of people are afraid of, of that cancel culture, afraid of saying the wrong thing, of asking an inappropriate question, and then that's holding them back from reaching out or developing these friendships. Um, so if we all just have more grace with each other, I think that that'll be, that'll be helpful to bridge the gap.
1: I, also, I agree with, too, just how you're talking about, like, having open and honest um, conversations with friends and uh kensley i don't know if you remember this but back in 2020 i don't know who reached out to who but we like at the height of kind of everything you and i got on a zoom call i was living in iowa at the time and you like asked me about my friends like what's my background with my friends what do they look like and we had this open honest conversation it was very eye-opening to me and i so appreciate you just Being so open and honest with me, and having a a space that we could just like talk openly about race and and our friendships and background, and that I still remember that conversation. I don't know if you do, but it was very meaningful to me, and and I appreciate that. That's so great. Yeah, I
2: I remember (laughs) that.
1: Yeah, you're like, do you have any black friends? Like, it was like a straight up. We had like, we got in. Yeah, we talked about it. It was great. It was really eye opening, and and I I like I think about it now. I'm in so many white spaces, and even more now than than I live now. Moved to Colorado, it's like I feel like a few years ago, I never I would look around at a concert and I wouldn't really pay attention. Now I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> there's no diversity here, and it's it's uh, a little alarming.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I think it's <laughs> you know that's your perspective from that side, and then from the other angle um, of. Being, you know, a minority or the only person of color in a space, then that feels or can feel challenging as well. To say, okay, I'm branching out, I want to diversify my friend group, but I'm the only one who looks like me in this space, Um, and that can feel uncomfortable. So it's there's both sides of that too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and Kensley, I. In your piece, I loved the example of camp. Like when you and your sister um, were at camp and were the only folks of color at your camp, um, It you took it as such a powerful experience and wrote about it in such a positive light. Um, I'm sure it wasn't all like sunshines and, and rainbows, um, but your takeaway was essentially, this was eye-opening for me, right?
2: Yeah, um, that's, I think, kind of one of the main themes throughout the piece is just that exposure. Of course, it you know, it's not going to feel comfortable if everyone no one else is look, looks like you or no one else is experiencing, you know, just camp in the same way if people are concerned or having more concerned about certain things that are cultural differences and you're hearing about these things for the first time. None of that is super comfortable, but um, I didn't have any very negative experiences at that time either. So that was helpful for me to be able to build friendships in like a light kind of easy way as a young girl with my sister there, you know, kind of to support me at camp.
0: Um, your sister is my favorite follow on Instagram, <laughs> by the way. Um one of them. She, it's definitely like, it's pictures and videos of your kids and her at weddings, uh, which I enjoyed. Um, one, okay. So one of my favorite things you said in your article was this, um, friends invite each other over, share secrets and meet each other's family. If you have questions, you ask them, you have hard conversations with them and you want to get to know their heart. The heart of who you are is similar to the heart of many other people, no matter their outer differences. I just
2: wanted to read that aloud because I thought it was beautiful. I'm such a good writer. But no, (laughs) this is my first published article. So that's the fun fact about this piece. This was my very first article um, that I had written. So if, if anything, you know, anyone out there who has thoughts or an opinion or perspective that they're feeling like wow I'm really called to share this like do that. That that's important because there are people who rely on this piece and have referred back to it and utilize it. Yeah. Um so
0: yeah. I mean, oh go ahead Kelly. I saw your mouth move. I was just gonna
1: yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say I like that you went into kind of defining a friendship because I feel like there is that difference between acquaintance And can your fringe friend and having a a friend friend, which I think you have to have a shared experience. You have to kind of like talk a little bit about deeper things to really make that connection. Gina, there was like a certain amount of hours. I feel like you read somewhere recently. It's like 60 hours or something to become like from acquaintance to like friend friend. So it's like you actually put in, have to put in the time, but also have to put in like that deep connection as well.
0: Yeah. Friendship I'm, hours. I'm
1: quoting around. I forget how many hours it is.
0: I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, uh, I'm going to get it kind of wrong too, but it's, it's essentially, you know, the theory of like the time it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert. There's essentially a similar theory for close connections. Um, one is going from like just knowing someone's name to being an acquaintance and from acquaintance to close friend. So it's 60 hours. I'm almost positive from just knowing someone's name to being an acquaintance and then two hours, 200 hours, um, to being a close friend. Um, I, that's honestly the argument for going on vacation with some acquaintances get close quickly. Um, Like, camp friends, right, Kensley? Yeah.
2: Yeah. When you're spending that time together and you're having these different situations come up, and that's how you have the dialogue about just even the smallest little things that you have no exposure to or no understanding of, um, and then it helps lead to deeper conversations and deeper growth in the friendship.
0: Amazing. Okay, one thing I have loved watching with this article, too, is obviously it's, Fun to watch people read it like time and time again I see um, eyeballs on this piece when I'm in the in the back end and in the analytics um, one place that sends we're pretty pretty sure <laughs> based on, based on the link um, we think that Walmart is using this piece on their internal like diversity equity and inclusion space based on the traffic which is so interesting
2: interesting. Yeah. That's amazing (laughs) though. I mean, uh, for, for something that, you know, is just based on mostly my experiences and then a little bit of of research and a little bit of data for um, people to use it as a resource in that way is awesome for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, first person perspective is powerful.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: I think it's a
1: great HR piece. Like, Every human resource department should have this piece yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: to just be part of onboarding. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, if you're listening to this and you are an HR <laughs> or you know, you're HR person just forward it along. Kensley, Kenzie and this sweat life appreciate the traffic. And we love, we love <laughs> that you're, st- that people are still reading this okay, to this day, every day. Um, there's a lot of traffic on this piece. So it's, it's obviously powerful um, and gives a great perspective. But wait, before we move on, to the next part of the podcast. Kensley, what did you learn? This is a curveball, so get ready. What did you learn uh, <laughs> when you were doing the Diversity and Wellness series? And if you kind of want to give an overview of the different shoots throughout,
2: yeah. So I learned that there are commonalities and similarities in so many stories and so many people's journeys. Despite their background, despite their culture, despite their ethnicity, um, we all are going through some similar experiences. And then it was just really interesting to see some of the nuances for the different cultures as well of things that they value or they, you know, hold in high regard that are different from from different culture to culture. Um the first iteration of diversity and wellness was a group of sweat life ambassadors. The second was as well. And then the third, which might have been the most exciting, uh, was a group of students. So it was the, the youth version. And they just, some of their stories got so emotional and they had just mm-hmm. such drive and fire about kind of telling their journey, um, which I, I loved every second of getting to hear about it and getting to put together those projects
0: we love watching it too. Obviously it was, it was just really fun to watch you as a creative director on those projects. And then also just see, seeing the final um, sort of images and the videos from it was just really,
2: really, as you're saying, like heartwarming. Yeah, it was great to do it. Um, I, I'll probably do another.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want you to. I want you to do one with moms. Well, this is. I mean, it's not my project, but I would love. I would love to see. I would love to see parents of different backgrounds, like, talk yeah. about all
2: yeah. that. That's
0: just me planting the seed. You can do it. You don't have to. You don't have to.
2: No, that's a great idea. That's. I mean, we need another pivot. We need another. You know, a new outlook. So that's a great one. As a mom, I'll come with myself, my puppies. <laughs> mom to two
0: amazing kids.
2: All right. And
0: now it's time for show and tell. Let's each share a tip, a resource, or an article to help listeners with diversifying their own friend group. Kensley, as a guest, you go first. Um,
2: what you got? So I found an article, which is similar to mine, but provided additional insight on, um, broadening your friend group and what you should be doing and what everyone hopefully is doing Um, and it was it published in 2021 so a little after mine and it just provided additional insight um so I I think it'll be a good read if people like mine then they'll like this one
0: we'll include a link to that in the show notes so that you can access all of this and more all right Kelly what you got what's your show tell so um, I want to recommend
1: that you all follow Danielle Bayard Jackson, who is a friendship coach. She focuses on female friendship and she just has great content on TikTok, on Instagram. She has a podcast, she has a book, she's doing it all. And if you have like any questions on like how to make a friend as an adult, um, if you're more introverted, how do you make a friend? How do you like approach someone like that you think you might want to be friends with. She just gives really, really great tips. She also talked about diversifying, um, you know, Gina, you mentioned kind of like social media. It could be a great way to just meet new people that aren't in your area where you live. Um, but she also recommended like being intentional about it. Don't just like try to diversify your feed, like find people that you have common interest in and, and then go and diversify your feed that way. So she gives some really great tips. She's awesome. Check her out.
0: Love it. And I love friendship coach. The fact that that exists now, like incredible. And then from me, uh, okay. So a little bit about me is I'm a human being that sometimes says whatever I'm thinking without stopping. Um, so on occasion, I will put my foot in my mouth. Um, and one of those occasions I ended up, spiraling feeling so terrible about it and going to my therapist with like this I'm dead I'm dying I'm dying of embarrassment I'm the deadest dead person that ever has lived and she recommended the racial healing handbook because it was it was something stupid that I said um, that I had to apologize for without even thinking that regarded race I learned from it and now I have this book Um, so the racial healing handbook is essentially a workbook to be a better ally ally and recognize your privilege. Um, I'll link to that in the show notes too. It's basically like if you took a college course on on how to be a better human, it's this book. So you can work through it little by little, day by day.
2: Awesome.
0: All right. Something we're loving this week. This is like what's good, but it's basically a thing that we could hold in our hands. It falls under... Food, friendship, fitness, or fun—like everything we love at a Sweat Life. Kensley, as our guest, you go first. What are you loving right now? Um,
2: my loving thing is fun. So the free museum days in Chicago, January and February. So I'm going to be taking my son Scotty to the Field Museum tomorrow. I love that option. That's like the best.
0: Ooh, I love that too. And the Field
2: Museum is the one with
0: with dinosaurs. Um, Does those- he? is a little <laughs>
2: boy who loves a good dinosaur
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god Scotty's got the cutest face okay Kelly what are you loving right now
1: uh, I'm going to stay on the topic of friendship so with, in our um, ambassadorship we are doing we've been doing for the past year this ambassador pairing so every three months we pair two ambassadors based off of just some fun questions so we just launched um, this quarter's um, friendship making um, platform. Sure, we'll say sure. Platform. platform. Love it. Um, Love it. And like, I just heard some just like I've loved hearing the stories of people making friends this way. And uh, I am actually paired with someone that's a new ambassador who lives in Denver. So I'm going to drive to Denver and we're going to go out on a coffee date. And I can't wait.
0: New friends in Colorado. I love it. And driving to Denver is like no nothing feat for Kelly. It's like you have to take this winding pass through the mountains. And it's, it's like. It's far. It's far. It's not close. But yeah, friends are worth the drive, okay. right? I'll well, go to Trader Joe's in Costco. I'll do all the city folk thing. City folk. <laughs> city folk. This is what happens when Kelly moves out of Chicago and into a small town in Colorado. She says the phrase city folk. <laughs> I'm into it though. Yep. All right. My thing, you ready? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Okay. So as a new dog mom, (laughs) I mean, I'm an existing dog mom, but I'm also, we've added a puppy to the mix as I, as I stated, I don't want to forget about Maverick. Um, I don't have time to get ready, but, um, my mother-in-law got me the Dyson air wrap in December for my birthday, Hanukkah and Christmas. Um, and I love that thing. It, dries my hair and styles it in like 20 minutes flat like the whole thing and I have long hair that kind of takes a long time to do so this is an incredible feat so I style style it like once every three days we're on day two so it's up in a ponytail but it's like a stylish ponytail um so yesterday it was down and like it got rained on but but I'm really enjoying the air wrap (laughs) so uh, this has been another episode of we got goals in the show notes for this episode you'll see where to follow kensley uh you're going to want to follow her because she's the best and you'll also get links to everything we talked about on this episode this is another thing that is better with friends you know share it with yours and like subscribe do all that stuff wherever you get your podcasts thanks to ryan deffitt for audio editing and to ryan Barr. you got For video production. And thanks to you, our listeners. (laughs) Bye, Kens. Bye, Kelly.
2: Bye. Bye.